more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. everybody. This is Kelly. And um, unfortunately, Lynn is not with us today. But in Lynn's place, I have a wonderful guest who we've had before on our podcast and who I'm delighted to bring back in a new capacity. This is Shelly Park. She's been here before talking about marketing for co-housing communities. But now she is here as a brand new co-housing resident. Hi, Shelly. Hey, Kelly. Happy to be here. Yay, I'm so glad. And so nobody can see us because this is just audio, but I'm looking at Shelly and she is sitting in what looks like an office with brand new pristine walls. Do you want to tell us about your physical location, about where you're dialing in from? Sure. So um, let me first share that I just moved into co-housing. Yay. <laughs> just moved into Skagit Commons. And um, right now I'm actually sitting in my office, which is a bedroom that I rent from one of my community members. And it'll look a little bit later, I'll share with you why I am doing this. Wonderful. Good. Well, probably because your commute is now like 15 steps, right? <laughs> That's pretty nice. It's actually 300, but <laughs> 300. there you go. You get a little so one, in, one into the community to the next. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, good. Well, yeah. Would you share with us a little bit about your move in story, kind of how you guys got here and then physically how you got into the community? How did you get to co housing and then how did you get into the, your community? Yeah. So it was about six years ago when I discovered co-housing and very soon thereafter, um, my husband and I joined Skagit Commons. And so we went through the whole wild ride of a forming community <laughs> and getting it built. And we just moved in. We moved in about, oh, let's see, two months ago now, a little less, a little less than two months ago. So it's been hectic and crazy and, you know, sometimes stressful, but it, really exciting to see a dream, you know, to experience a dream happening. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, our journey was a little bit different than some people's in that we early on decided that we were going to choose the very smallest size homes we had available, which were just 600 square feet. Yeah. And my husband is six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes up like what? Yeah. Like 12 yeah. of those square feet. <laughs> right. Just his shoes, right? His shoes yeah. have a lot of space. So, you know, and we did that for a lot of reasons. You know, one, we had downsized a couple of times, but it was a pretty dramatic downsize for us. It, and, mm -hmm. you know, it really came down to um, talking about my husband wanting to retire and, you know, what our finances would look like and, you know, how would we do this in a way that we both felt really comfortable and we could have gone and bought a larger house, you know, for less money somewhere else, maybe, but we yeah. were really wanting to be in community. That was really important to us. And we felt like um, it was worth it, right? You know, yeah. we were going to live in a small home, but we were going to be with such a great group of people. And also, you know, we always talk about all the common space that's outside of our doors. And we have, I don't know, about 5,000 square feet of common space. Mm -hmm. So it is really true that you have, you know, an, 
other places to go. It's not like a classic condo or something where you wouldn't have any place else to go, but maybe the neighborhood coffee shop or something. But yeah, because Shelly, I think about that, that people sometimes downsize, but then the only places that they have to go are uh, paid or commercial. You know what I mean? Like right. I can go eat a meal out of my house, but I'm going to go to a restaurant or, you know, I can go and, you know, enjoy time with a friend, but I'm going to be in a coffee shop. So having a common house is really different. Yeah, it is very different. So it's been fun. We've created a lovely space and um, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Okay. Can I ask you some brass tax questions uh, that I know that people will be wondering? Okay. One, sure. did you get a washer and dryer or do you use the common house? We use the common house washer dryer because we're using the space for storage in our, nice. in our home. Yep. Okay. And how is that? How is it to go do laundry in the common house? Oh, it's great. I mean, about half of our homes have their own washer and dryer. So it's not like they're being used that often. Um, we have 30 homes, so about half of them. And yeah, I I actually personally, I really like doing it because I I set the side, you know, the time aside and that's all I do. And then while I'm going back and forth to the washer dryers, that's when I clean my home. Oh, <laughs> and, and I also I also make sure I have everything folded before I take it up to our place. Yeah. So instead of having, you know, baskets of unfolded clothes, which is what happened in the past when yes. I had my washer dryer. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Now, how about your kitchen? Did you, uh, did you downsize some things with the understanding that you were going to use the common house for, I don't know, large, you know, a KitchenAid stand mixer or something like that. Did you make those kinds of trade-offs? Yeah, we have one um, community member who is um, has a has a lending library out of his home. He has a, a larger home. Smart. <laughs> so, so, um, so a few of us donated things that we really wanted to have, but they wouldn't fit in our you know personal kitchen. So we have them there at his now kitchen lending library out of his closet, um, <laughs> which is great. But we actually have a pretty large kitchen in our six hundred square foot home, so you know we didn't have to do much downsizing with that. But um, but I really appreciate that those few things are now at the lending library. Yeah. And how did the broader location play into that? Because I imagine, I mean, part of what you're paying for in co-housing also oh. is a thoughtfully designed, you know, home and community, but also most co-housing tends to be in an area of town or in a neighborhood or in a place that people either find beautiful or convenient or, you know, some it's chosen intentionally like the rest of the community. Did that play into your decision also to live in 600 square feet that you were going to be in a location where you have recreation outside of your home? Yeah, I mean, we live in an area, you know, we're in Anacortes, Washington, which is just such an amazing outdoor place. So yes, we have a really large bike storage area. I'm sure there's going to be some kayaks in there being stored. So yeah, that idea of being out and about is, is, you know, we're not just stuck inside. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And has it changed your kind of daily? So, so every, as anybody who's ever listened to our podcast knows that I've got three kids and I um, often complain about mess and, you know, just trying to keep things under control. And so for me in, in my life, I've learned that the smaller the spaces, the more I can kind of stay on top of things. I was wondering if you felt similarly that with 600 square feet, you know, every tidy up is at the end of the evening is like, what, two minutes, I imagine, like super quick. <laughs> yeah, it's very quick. And, you know, we had to be really, we had to really look at our stuff, you know, and ask ourselves, do we love this enough to fit it in this space? Yeah. And, yeah. and so there, there are things that we, um, you know, that went that I probably would have kept in a larger space. Yeah. But, you know, so we're mindful that you have to, every, everything has to have a place. 
that's that's the trick right you can't have clutter and um yeah it's actually I love it I mean yeah I feel like when you know people are if I need to pick up I feel like you know 20 minutes I can just do the whole place it's great like life feels easier Mm -hmm. it feels easier with less stuff and less space to be you know worrying about cleaning and such it feels easier you know that's so interesting here at co-housing Houston we did a book group uh this book called essentialism and it was talking about both about uh, relationships and about you know physical items and and the reflection that a lot of us came to you was that when you pare down you get down to what is more essentially you what is the essential you and you're more true you at that point when you're surrounded by the things that are truly the things that you want and love you know as opposed to kind of just the things that you were given or the the thing that, you know, came home with you from the store or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's really great. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about your community too. So what has been the, like so far to live in community coming from outside of community? What do you, what do you think? You know, I would say that it's everything I'd hoped it would be and so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the things that I, I knew to expect would be, you know, those spontaneous moments, like when I do my commute now to my office, Girls yeah. <laughs> teases me that it's probably going to be a longer commute than I used to have when I drive because if I run into somebody, you know, but, um, but it is a very, um, you know, when you know each other and you pass each other on a walkway, you can, you can read each other's body language, you know, so if someone sees that, oh, Shelly's on her way to work. They're not going to stop and talk with me about, you know, whatever happened with them last night or something. So those moments where you just, you know, happen to see someone out and about and, you know, maybe you heard that, I don't know, their daughter was ill the other day and you ask, how's their daughter doing? You know, it's just those quick moments that constantly allow, um, well, for me, I, I constantly feel like people care about me and that yeah. I belong to a group of people. And I really appreciate that. Mm, I love that. Have there been any things that have uh, surprised you? You said some things like exceeded your expectations. What has been, what didn't you see coming when you moved in? Well, let me, let me, sh- let me share with you um, just real quick an email that came out. Again, I wouldn't say this necessarily surprised me, but it's such a good illustration. And I've been thinking about this so much. Um, so one of our members, um, I'll just read her very short email that she sent out to the community because it, it, it illustrates something really important about co-housing. Um, she says, I wouldn't normally announce that I'm sick as I did a week ago with COVID, but I just spent the prior days telling everyone I was better. I had tested negative and had no symptoms. It was a bit of a shock to have it come crashing back. Mm -hmm. I do want to say though, that next time you're sick, you may want to announce it to everyone. You have been so wonderful in supporting me. You've gone to the store for me, brought me flowers, brought me dinners, brought me care packages, walked my dogs, picked up my garbage. It's been pretty great. Thanks to so many of you for helping in small, meaningful ways. I was really, really appreciative. All I was really, really appreciative of all of you and this fantastic community. I hope to pay it back one day. Mm. And I, I thought, you know, that's this this um, opportunity for people to, you know, offer help and then know that if you know you're going to need it, there's going to be a whole group of people that will do the same. Mm-hmm. Really, um, I think it gives 
uh, a lot of assurance, right? That everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot about how people are very, uh, it's easier to give than to uh, receive, right? Like in, in, in life, it's much more comfortable to be the person like giving and helping than it is the person saying, I need help. So uh, I really am moved by the, you all have created a community where somebody feels comfortable saying, I'm vulnerable and need help. Tell everyone when you're vulnerable and need help, try it. It's good. Like do it. Let's do this. Keep this, this feeling going. I love that. That's mm -hmm. really, that's really countercultural. I think. Yeah. I'm so glad to see it thriving there. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you just said about vulnerability. I think that's something for me, you know, I can be somewhat guarded sometimes with, with even play people close to me. And I'm, yeah. I'm feeling like I'm, it's a safer space to let um, guard down because we're all in this together. You know? Yeah. I used to joke that once you see your neighbors in their pajamas, <laughs> like it's a, lot, it's a lot easier. Like the first time there's like, you know, a big, uh, you know, like a transformer blows in the neighborhood or something, or, you know, like the first time something big happens and everybody rushes out in their pajamas. And then after that, it's like, all right, well, what, what are we hiding here? Cause we've all been through this together. Yeah. Yep. I have had many neighbors already have seen me in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so um, in retrospect, when you're looking back, you know, at this move in, um, we're, we're thinking of it both in this kind of you know, emotional terms of like what we here at co-housing Houston are longing for as we, as we get closer, but also in like practical terms, like what did you do to get ready? You downsized, but you as a community, what did you guys do to get ready to all move in? And how did you move in? Um, I mean, I can barely get five people to make a move together. I'm not sure exactly how 30 plus households to it. So put us in on that one, Shelly. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I will mention is there's always the, the, the people struggle, like, do I sell my home now, you know, like a year ahead of time or six months ahead of time, or do I wait until the last minute? And I know our community, we had people do both. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a personal sort of decision around that, that, you know, but I will say that for the people that went ahead and sold their home early and then just you know, put some of their stuff in storage or whatever, and then moved, you know, rented a place for a while. I think their moves went easier at the end. Um, oh, and of course, of course, people struggled with that, right? Because, you, you know, they would say, I don't want to move twice. Yes, that's but, what you hear all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that there is so much pressure to, you know, for everybody to get moved in and close all the homes as soon as possible. And if you don't have to sell a house, it's way easier, right? You, yeah. you, you know, you schedule your move and you get moved in. Um, and I know there was a, you know, it, it, people that did that were forced to downsize a little bit earlier because typically yeah. if they were going to rent a place, you know, it was going to be smaller. So it kind of forced them to go through that, their stuff and do all that while they weren't stressing about, you know, I got to get into a co-housing community and all the things that happen around that. So I think that's just a, you know, again, it's so personal, but I think there was less stress for the people that sold their homes earlier. That's an interesting observation. I've thought about that too, from a financial standpoint, just to have the finances nailed down. You know, it's really, it's hard to sell a home and buy a home at the same time, because it's just, you never know. There are a lot of moving parts. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So how did you guys arrange how everybody moved in? Did you just like say, here's a, here's, here's a sign up sheet. Tell us when you're coming. Yeah. We, so we did yeah. have a couple. Yeah. 
So first of all, I think a lot of communities really stress about that. And I, yeah. I kind of laugh at it because, you know, back in my, my career days, we moved in 199 people in a 26 story tower, oh you know, gosh. so I, and that went super smoothly. So I think, oh, don't worry about 30 homes. So we did have a couple people in a move-in coordinator position, you know, so that they were knowing, you know, what people's plans were and if they were, you know, moving themselves or having a moving truck or you know, if they were going to need the elevator or not, all those different things. And you know what? Everybody can't schedule, you know, the moving companies don't all schedule on the same day. right? (laughs) So, so, you know, it just worked out. It was fine. And we had everyone move in, um, in about a month's time. It took us about four weeks to get everybody in. Okay. That's pretty fast. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 So are everybody's boxes unpacked now or are people still kind of talking about the move? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I actually need to clarify that because someone's listening to say that we actually had 15 of our homes become available before the other 15. So when I said that, I was thinking of the building that I'm in. But so we did have some people move in back in September and October, and then the okay. rest of us came in at the first of the year. But you know, people, if you go into people's homes, <laughs> <laughs> the recycling bin is still all boxes yeah <laughs> yes. yeah it's have a, you all started of- uh meals and kind of started some of the things and I don't know was your landscaping complete when you moved in do you have you all had to do landscaping what what does that look like yeah well so for our meals it's a little bit different here because we had some glitches with our common house getting completed so we're still waiting for the certificate of occupancy on our common house okay so we have not yet gathered for meals so we've been doing a lot of small dinner parties it's very common for people to you know just have your neighbors over for dinner or go over to their house so we've been doing that um and then the landscaping yeah that's but we've had a lot of work parties because we opted to do as much of it as we could you know yeah. the city required us to do a lot. So we had to get it done. And um, it is amazing. I am still in awe of what a work party does. You know, you have 15 people show up and, you know, amazing things happen in an hour. Isn't it fun? It's It's really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about tools? Have you had, like, did you guys do a community tool bank or how has that worked out? You know, I... I think so, but I haven't been thinking about, I think there's, I think the landscape committee was gathering. Yeah. All that stuff, but I was not on the landscape um, committee. So I don't, that's like a blissful shout out for, you don't have to have a finger in every pot. And it's exactly. all right? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. The work still does get done. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Well, is there anything that you wish that you had done? Like, is there stuff that your community thinks now in retrospect, it may be too soon, but that you should have done yeah. differently? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm sure down the road we'll we'll start thinking of things, but right now I think we're still all in the bliss of yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to, you know, what work does need to be done right away and what can wait. I mean, that's another big thing, you know. Trying are you to have regular community meetings. We are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The big question now is, do we do them? A lot of the smaller meetings are meeting now in person, but we're having. Com- we we are still meeting on Zoom for our big ones. Are you really? And, well, and about yeah, that. yeah, and that's been an interesting discussion because, of course, I tended to want to say this is ridiculous. We should all be together. We should do this. But, you know, we've all become so good at Zoom, you know, yeah. sharing our screen. If there's a yeah. document we need to share, being efficient with the time. So there's conversations about, you know, are we going to have to set up a projector and then have somebody operate the projector, you know, all those things. So I don't know what we're going to decide to do, but it, it's 
fascinating to me that we may continue for our big general meeting, continue on Zoom. We'll see. Yeah. In my household, we joke that if Co-Housing Houston ever wants to move to in-person meetings, we've got to move off the 6 to 8 p.m. time slot because literally my husband makes dinner during every single meeting because it's on Zoom and he can have it on the background and it's the only time we have. So so if you if you want us to be in a meeting, it needs to be on Zoom. So I'm not sure how that will go either. But part of me desperately hopes we move off of it too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, great. So do you have kind of a new focus? You guys have been focused for so long on getting here, moving in. Do you have kind of, does this open up new uh, portals for your, your mind of things you want to do or want to pursue? Or are you still, do you feel like there's still kind of digging in work to do with your community here? Yeah, I think that we still have a lot of work to do. You know, it's different when you dream about it versus coming together. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, I shared with you some stories, um, but then there's just a lot of practical things. Like how do you manage such big buildings um, without having professional people manage it? Like I'm thinking my husband's on the maintenance team and he's good with that kind of stuff, but he's never thought about an elevator or thought about, you know, a hot water tank that serves 15 homes or anything. So, you know, there's a lot of like just everybody getting up to speed and the things that they need to know about and learn about. Um, and then as a community, I think, you know, like, how will our meals work? You know, we've talked about it, but we haven't actually implemented it. So there'll be a lot of tweaking and, you know, how do we best communicate with each other, you know, through, is it email or is it through one of our, you know, online programs that we've been using? And there's just lots of questions that we still have to have to settle in on. Um, and, you know, people have, everyone has stepped up to the plate and is working on some kind of a committee that's helping figure it all out. Yeah. But, well, but yes, yeah, so what you just said, you don't have to do it all. Like I, I still only think about our marketing. That's all I do <laughs> <laughs> and show up for some work parties. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, uh, Shelly, I want you to share the advice. Like Shelly had some very funny advice before we, before we hit record about, that you learn when you move in who who read the manuals and who didn't. <laughs> Can you share that with us, Shelley? Yeah, you know, when you have a whole, again, a whole building with you know new appliances and everything. And um I for myself, I threw them in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and I have since learned that a lot of people read those front to back, <laughs> which really surprised me. So I have learned to know who those people are and just ask them <laughs> rather than going to dig them out of my drawer and read. So it's great. The Power unsung of value of co-housing is that somebody <laughs> has read the appliance manual. <laughs> Although yes. I experienced that, you know, living in a community that was, uh, you know, 20 plus years old. So a lot of the things that, you know, were falling apart at that point, you know, and they lived their useful lives, but everybody had the same things. And so it was really great because as they started to fail, people could say like, oh, this is who I used and this person knows how to fix it. Or, you know, this is what I replaced it with. And this is why, you know, this window is better than the original windows that we had. Or it was really interesting to live in an environment of homeowners where you don't have to figure everything out yourself. You've got other people who can just, you know, tell you what they did, or you can go in on it together. There were like group buys for things, you know, because everything had a life that was very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if, um, you know, we have a lot of our members who moved from outside of Anacortes and, um, 
there's a great healthcare system here and there's a new doctor who recently moved here. And I'm now wondering if all of our community members have him as a doctor. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, now, which one are you of the group? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. everybody's shared, found a great doctor. Here's his yeah. name, he's brand new. He's accepting patients, you know? So anyway, but we'll see. <laughs> our dentist, I think thought that I had like nine children because all of the kids went to the same orthodontist and all of the kids like spent all of their time outside running around. So all of them had kind of like, you know, like, like a ruddy look and, you know, kind of always showed up with like ripped pants and stuff. And so, and I would take other kids, you know, like if somebody needed their braces tightened and I'm going anyway, I might as well bring another kid. And I think he just thought I had this like sprawling brood of semi-wild children. (laughs) So yeah, that does happen. Nice. Well, Shelly, is there anything that we haven't covered that you uh, wanted to mention? I know that you are, um, you talk to other co-housing groups in and you're going to offer to them um, some information about kind of what they can look forward to or, or think about. But is there anything that you would say to people who maybe aren't part of a of a forming group yet about what it's like to be this many steps down the path? Hmm. You know, I would just really encourage people to explore co-housing. I just, I think that it, if I look back on my own journey, it would have been really easy to have looked ahead and said, oh, you know, I don't have the stamina for the next five years or six years, or, oh, I can't live in a smaller place. We can't afford it. That might've been a quick thing that we would have said. And I'm so glad that we went in with an open mind to just see where it might go because, you know, it does, it, it's, it's just, it's a richness to life that I um, really resonated with me. You know, when I, when I learned about co-housing, I felt like, oh, this is the way we're all supposed to live. And to now be here, I'm just really grateful that um, we stuck it out (laughs) and we did it and we're here. Lovely. With that, I'm going to say thanks so much, Shelly. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Fun to be with you. (laughs) Likewise. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.